0: Hi, everyone. We are back with Molly Eliasoff. She's a psychotherapist and she was on last week talking about communication. So if if you haven't heard that episode, go check it out because it is so helpful. I think everyone can use help with communication, especially these days. And Molly is back to answer some of the questions that you all sent in. And you all had a lot of questions, so I had to <laughs> I had to choose. I had to choose some because we, we're on limited time here. So, Molly, are you ready? Let's Please. do it. <laughs> okay. How can someone with an anxious or avoidant attachment style become more secure?
1: Yeah, this is a really good question. And my answer might be complex, but I'm going to try and make it as simple as possible so people can start somewhere. I think it's a long journey. To change our attachment patterns takes a long time of finding like secure connection and secure relationships. A great place to start is with individual therapy, right? We really want to work that stuff out for ourselves first to be able to understand when we become anxious, when we become avoidant, and then be able to shift that in our relationship. If you're not interested in therapy, and even if you are, an addition can be also having a partnership that's secure, having relationships that are secure. So that can be your literal romantic partner, but that also can be friendships. And if you don't know what secure feels like, it's kind of like not having that stomach flipping feeling, feeling at ease, feeling relaxed, trusting the back and forth of the relationship dynamic, that calm that happens, that's usually what secure feels like. Of course, there's going to be tension and fights and moments, but most of the time it feels like ease. So that's the goal. But that's a long process for sure.
0: So that stomach flipping, is that the butterflies when someone meets someone they're attracted to?
1: It's a little different, right? It's almost like I think about it maybe like your stomach dropping that nervousness feeling of, oh my goodness, what's going to happen? Or, oh boy, I don't want to deal with this. Either one of those feelings is more like the anxious or the avoidant where those butterflies feel like um, a zest, like Mm -hmm. a little moment where it's an excitement, it's a flurry, right? That's a little little
0: different. And for people who do get into a secure... Uh, friendship, relationship. You know, sometimes I hear people say when it's too secure, then it feels boring or Mm. not romantic or they're not attracted to that. Mm. How does that work? Is is there something like, can you change your outlook on that?
1: That's a really good question. You know, I I would say like the goal first is to decide what it is that you want for your life, right? How do you want to feel most of the time, and I think most people that I've worked with over <laughs> the many, many years I've been doing this, right, want at the end of the day to know that they can trust the other person, that they can rely on the other person, that they can feel relaxed in their relationships, again, whether that's friendships or your romantic relationship. And so there are moments that might make it feel mundane, and I think people equate that with boring, right? And instead, I would challenge that person to think about how can you get more curious in the relationship? How can you find newness for your current relationship, even if you've been together 20 years? But if you're just looking for the dramatic highs and lows, then you may not be interested in a secure attachment relationship. It's very seldom that I have heard that people prefer an anxious or an
0: avoidant connection, but could be. Yeah, for long term, right? Yeah, for it, long term, right. Yeah, that's what I usually say. I'm like, if you're having a fling, you know, you're somewhere like Italy for a few months, and th- that that might be fun, <laughs> but thinking about forever. And my parents would tell me this: they're like, it's different. You'll choose different when it's your forever person. Yeah. And when I wasn't ready for it, I would also always think like that sounds so boring to me. Yeah. Until I was ready for it, because. I started my personal growth and I knew what would be better for me, Mm. but I still continued to go after the ancient avoidant, anxious avoidant roller coaster. I I was just, I wanted fun, I guess, which was fine in that time until I realized one day, you know what? I am done with this. I am going to choose different because I want to get married. I want a long-term relationship. Yeah. Exactly. Like you said, like, how do I want to feel in that relationship forever, I want to feel. I want it to feel easy. Yep. I want to feel safe, and I want to feel like the best version of myself, so I can go out in the world and, you know, feel like I can kick ass. I don't. I don't <laughs> want the main relationship in my life to feel that way. It's. It's. I hated that feeling. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. see that anxiousness. But it is possible to change out there. If anyone's listening and you yeah. feel stuck, it is possible to change.
1: And I would also add that if anyone's listening and kind of relates to feeling more connected to the anxious or avoidant connection, it's also okay to understand that like we change and evolve what we want like you just talked about over time, but also because we don't even realize what secure feels like. Like if you've never had that in your life from a parent or a loved one, you might not understand what that calm comfort can feel like. And so it's okay to explore what is this alternative living? What does secure really feel like?
0: Absolutely. And I I felt it initially with my friendships. Mm-hmm. There's certain friendships I thought to myself, like, who do I feel like myself with? And so I use that as a starting point. Like, I should feel comfortable. Like, I feel like my when I'm with my best friend, April, that's the feeling that I want. Yep. But I want to be sexually attracted to my <laughs> my partner. Yep. But the feeling when I'm with this person should feel like when I'm with, you know, my friends who make me feel safe and like the best version of me. Friendships are a great, great place to start. <laughs> uh, how can one manage rejection even as a confident, strong person?
1: Yeah. To realize that it's hard <laughs> for all of us.
0: <laughs> it is. It's, it
1: sucks. it's so hard. Or, you know, rejection, it's really hard because we want to be accepted as ourselves always, right? And there's the underneath of rejection is saying like... You're not right for me. And what happens, I think, is people start to internalize, you're not right for me means I'm not good enough. And that's the thing that we can start to shift because that's not what the comment is. It's saying it's not a match for the other person, whether they're not connecting with who you are or they're not ready for a relationship themselves or they're not comfortable in their own skin. We don't know the answer in their head. We just can start to change the way we're thinking about it from instead of I'm not good enough. This is not the right connection for me. And sometimes that can start to make rejection a little lighter and smoother.
0: Is there any particular exercise someone can do to build more confidence in that
1: area? Or I is it just that.
0: like a muscle
1: I think it's both, right? So I think a really good small exercise to start is figuring out how you love yourself. So I make people do this who have trouble with this and they hate it. And so I'm I'm sorry if you're (laughs) going to do this exercise and you hate it, but it usually helps quite a bit, is to take a journal and write down each day at least three to five things you love about yourself and try and make them different each day. No repeating. (laughs) So it's a little hard, right? And you want to think not just about, let's say, your physical attributes, but you want to think really broad scope. You know, how do you help other people in your life? How do you show up in this world? How do you give in your job? How are you a person who's special and unique? And then you want to be recording that so you can start to feel that for yourself. And so when you get rejected, it doesn't become a comment on, I don't like you. It's a comment on the things that I have to offer. These wonderful attributes are not right for this person. But it's going to serve someone
0: else and it's always going to serve me. I love that. And I did that a lot as well. And for some reason, it can sound cheesy, right? This self-love journey. I love myself talking to yourself in the mirror. I love affirmations. I would stick things everywhere. But it works. It really works. And it, it can take time. But it's almost like rewiring, you know, your brain and how you feel about yourself. And what I realized about myself was I had confidence and especially in my Career and hobbies and things, but I didn't have self confidence mm-hmm. in that. When relationships would end, I would make it about me. I'm not good enough. He didn't choose me. Mm. All that. It, there was a lot, a lot of pain. Yeah. Until I healed that part, and it just turned from all that pain coming out to, I mean, it just this disappointment. Like, oh, that's a bummer. You yeah. know, he we're not on the same page, but. Yeah. Which it it just felt good. It felt so relieving at some point. I was like, am I ever going to get there where it doesn't feel painful anymore?
1: Yeah. You know, and I think especially if we get connected to someone, right, it's not just the first date, but we've been dating them for a few months. It's okay to have pain. Right. But I think the distinction you're making is such a good one. Right. Where really we still hold on to ourselves so we can have the sadness of the loss of that connection, but also the total love for ourselves, which doesn't shift and doesn't change. That's fantastic. I love that. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Self-love. What do you do if you feel alone in a relationship?
1: Oh, I love this question. Figure out how to get more connected. (laughs) That's the simple answer, right? So I think it's to think about where are those gaps in your relationship? Where are there these like walls or barriers that are happening that's making you feel isolated and alone? Does it feel like it's a lack of verbalization? Like there's not so much talking about your inner life, your partner's inner life, do you feel like your partner is making big life decisions and not sharing much with you? What's leading you to feel like you are alone, right? And being able to identify that becomes really helpful for being able to, to, one, think about it, and then, two, be able to talk about that with your partner. Hey, I'm noticing that you're making some big choices for yourself, like changing your job. You're talking about us moving to another state. Like I didn't even know you were pondering that. And all of a sudden, you're almost signed with your company to do that. You know how come we're having this gap in discussion? Like what's leading you to feel alone and thinking about that? Because it's making me feel alone. So I want to touch base deeper with you about that.
0: That's great because I've learned that the times that I feel alone, I think it's it's easy to want to just like get in bed, like kind of shut out the world, which Mm -hmm. makes it worse. Because I'm like, I'm not in the mood to be around people or talk to anyone about it. But I know when I'm in that state, the thing I need to do is talk to someone. Yeah. And even if it's not my husband, I need to it's basically you have to be vulnerable too with where you are. I need to go see, be social. Yeah. Call my friends. That's the best thing to do. Cause it is connection. It just means there is a lack of connection, but it's your responsibility to to create that. Yeah. Right.
1: And at least bring it forward, right? Because like I think we talked about it earlier. I think it's so important we take the pressure off ourselves of like getting coaxing our partner into connecting with us we can't do that all we can do is show up and then try our best to be connected by being vulnerable just like you were talking about
0: what if someone feels like they don't have someone to talk about because that i think is just in your own head because you as long as there's people anyone in your life maybe they didn't feel safe with you know, maybe growing up when they tried to talk to someone, they didn't get a good answer or something. So maybe they believe that. Yeah. Because so, sometimes I get messages about that. Like, I, it sucks. I feel like I have no one to mm. talk to about this. Yeah. And I, uh, from a logical standpoint, of course, it's me being logical. I'm thinking, <laughs> well, you could. All you have to do is pick up the phone and call someone. Yeah. Or even like (laughs) my life's pretty public on social media. Sometimes I'll just say something in my Instagram stories, whatever's on my mind. And it seems like people, they respond to it well (laughs) for some reason. So usually I give that tip. I'm like, if you're trying to grow your personal brand and (laughs) Instagram, all you do is just you (laughs) hit record and you say what's on your mind. Um, But the amount of messages I'll get back of, you know, like, thanks for sharing that. Mm. And it's over social media, but that little thing actually sometimes makes me feel better as well.
1: Yeah. Because no one wants to feel alone, right? And that sucks. It sucks, right? And I think that's why everyone responds so much to a message like that right now when they see it in their Insta stories, they like feel you and they want to connect because they also understand what that isolation feels like or whatever you're sharing. They get that sentiment, you know? And I think it is really important to have kind of like, a list of your go-to people and really think about what are they your go-to people for, right? Some people are really great at empathy and other people are really good at help you think things out factually. And it's really nice to have that list. So not one person becomes your everything to go to when it's outside of your relationship. Ideally, your partner becomes the person that you can go to when it's about them eventually. But sometimes we just need a little bit of a broader scope of people to talk to. And I would add, like, having someone you hire to help is also really helpful. So having a therapist or a third party listen, not have bias and just take in what you're saying can
0: be a huge game changer. I agree. I, the times I've gone to therapy, I love it. <laughs> I love it. And they, yeah, they're neutral. You know, they ask, they just know the questions to ask. And I I, I have found it so valuable. Yeah. How do you handle the desire for closure? especially after being ghosted or in a toxic relationship?
1: This is a goodie and I think this is happening a lot for people, so I think this is important to talk about. I like this question. Um, I think it's really important to remember that we never know what's going on in someone else's head and we also don't really know somebody else, right? So when they ghost us or they do something toxic, it's not our job to get in their head and understand or comprehend them. It's just our job to take care of ourselves right? So of course, there's going to be a slew of feelings that are going to come up for you, whether it's disappointment or anger or confusion. And it's your job to be there for all of those feelings, to really validate them, acknowledge them, give them space, and then also understand what it is that's going to make you feel full again. What's going to make you feel that sense of love? So again, we're removing further and further from this other person and thinking more and more about ourselves because our job is to think about our own personal wellness and that starts to allow us to connect people who feel that way too, exist that way too, and want that for us as well.
0: I love that focus on you. Which, well, is there such thing as focusing too much on yourself?
1: I don't think so. No, that's not <laughs> I really helping. Don't. I mean, okay. I, I think that if we start to lose empathy for other people, if we start to not feel things for others, then maybe we're not thinking more openly about other people but i don't think there's ever thinking too much about ourselves taking care of ourselves too much if you ever had a pet before you would never say i take care of my pet too much that's like, true. no one would ever say that right <laughs> so like it would be we should feel the same way about ourselves
0: all right the last question yeah. do you have advice for someone who has to see their ex regularly
1: okay Like at a job. Either a
0: job or maybe there's a kid.
1: Yeah. So I think the goal is to really think about, like, what does positive connection look like between the two of you? And how can you communicate that about that ahead of time as well as in the ongoing, right? So how do you really communicate about how are we dealing with co-parenting together? What's your ideal? And even as you move through it, right? Maybe someone starts dating someone else and it starts to get a little complicated. How do you keep communicating through that conversation so you really get clarity as new things pop up? How do we want to deal with this? How do we feel about this? What's the best approach for it? So it's still staying connected in a way, but in a way that has like a newness to the relationship, that it's less romantic and more about how are we going to function together so I feel okay and you feel okay? That's if it's amicable, right?
0: Right. So what if, <laughs> what if it's not like I, I mean, that must be so hard yeah. if you're still healing and yeah. maybe they start dating someone else. Yeah. Are there any coping mechanisms? Is it, I mean, go see a therapist. I, that's what I would say, <laughs> you know, like d- do everything you can. Make sure you have a support system. Yeah. If you have good friends and family.
1: Yeah. And this is where self love is so important. Why are you valuable? And if you can't answer that question easily, it's worth figuring out the answer for yourself. And you can like, you know, survey a bunch of people in your life to get their answers towards you if you really don't know where to start. But it's so important that you can answer, why am I valuable? Why am I important in a relationship, right? Because then you can remember, okay, this person chose not to have that attribute in their life, at least for me. But I have that ability to be there in that way for someone else. And there for myself in that way. I mean, if we can't love ourselves, I know this is a really controversial thing to say, but like, and a lot of people feel differently about it, but we can't love ourselves. And how are we really going to be able to be in a relationship that has highs and lows where the person's maybe not always going to feel love towards us and still feel love towards ourselves? That needs to be the stable piece in our life that we feel positively towards ourselves.
0: I love that you recommended to ask people if you don't know where to start, because I did that. Yeah. I actually did it for, I forgot where I got the exercise from. I think I was actually working on personal branding for my photography business. It's like 15 years ago. And I asked on, on social media and I emailed my friends, you know, what, what are your three favorite qualities about me doing my research? And one that came up a lot that I didn't realize about myself, a lot of them said you're very thoughtful So I used that as one of the descriptive words of my brand because it was true to I'm like, I am really thoughtful. I never thought about that. (laughs) But it was (laughs) nice to hear, too. It was really nice to hear what people had to say. It was really nice starting point.
1: And can shift things for us a lot, right? We might not think about thoughtfulness as softness. But to go back to our earlier conversation, like that is a way you are soft. It's through thoughtfulness. Just being yourself is oh thank you you're welcome
0: (laughs) (laughs) well thank you so much if if people would like to learn more about you where could they find you
1: yeah the best place to find me is on instagram at more with molly m-o-l-l-i-e
0: awesome thank you so much it's been so helpful you're welcome Thank you for listening, everyone. If you've enjoyed the show, please give it five stars and write a review. It helps my rankings, and I really, really appreciate it. And if you're interested in my book to read or gift to a friend, it's called Show Up, Finding Love for Independent Women, and it's available on Amazon. Have a great day.